Well, good morning, everyone. I feel all prayed up because Ian very kindly came and prayed for me just before I got on stage. So how lovely is that, hey? Right, so today's question is, have you ever been in a school play? And I'd like to know, if you have, what were you? Oh, Robbie's got his hand up. Go on, Robbie. Oh, what were you? <laughs> Perfect. Anyone else? Daniel, of you? Oh, in Shakespeare. Oh, very good. Anyone else want to offer their school plays? Go on, Mary. Oh, Mary prayed Mary in the Christmas play. Tom, did you have an offer for celebrity? celebrity. Yeah. Oh no! Oh, got it. Right. So I had an acting debut when I was probably about eight or nine. It's probably the only school play that I've been in. And our school put on the Pied Piper of Hamelin, and I was a rat. Okay? And anyone who was in the play who didn't have a speaking part was a rat. So you had to wear black or brown, you got a mask, you sat at the very back of the stage like that, with the occasional squeaks going on. I was trying to think it was a bit of an insult that I had a mask, but actually that's a compliment, isn't it? Because if you look like a rat, you don't need a mask. <laughs> so I'm taking it that we didn't look... Anyway, we were all rats in that. But the reason that I ask the question is because when you are in a play or you're acting, that's exactly what you're doing. You're not real. You are acting a person or you are acting as something, but it's not genuine. It's not real. And what we're looking at in this series together now is the fruits of the Spirit and this talks about the fruit that God puts in our lives and that we exercise it and we grow it until it's like just flowing out of us naturally. And I've looked around this room today and the, the one I'm speaking on today is kindness. And there are so, so many people who are just so kind. Um, but I wanted to really start today with um, just a thank you to someone who I feel is incredibly kind. And I don't think they're gonna know. I don't think they're gonna know who they are. And I think they're gonna be surprised. But this person looks out for other people. This person just does little things like gets them a cup of tea, makes sure they've got a seat, that kind of thing. This person has got a really cool name. I think it's a cool name. So I'm just gonna ask them to come up now so I can give them the hero's prize. Are we ready for this? Oh, Van Glynos, will you join me please? Come on Van, come on Van, just to the front. I know, but come here, I know. Quick, we've only got like 20 minutes of me preach, you're taking time, come on Van, come on Van, come on Van. You can come here if you want. What a hero Van is. Just give us a wave. Not me, my wife. I know. That's <laughs> Van, Van the man I've just heard him be called, 
has just said, it's not me, it's my wife. And you know what? That's actually why I picked him. Because the lovely Barbara, who's now here holding the heroes high, is actually like the Holy Spirit. Because it's, Bar- it's Barbara that says, Van, get them a cup of tea. Van, they need a chair. Van, can you just... And Barbara, like the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to say tells him what to do, but nudges him. And that's what the Holy Spirit is like in us. It's that little voice that nudges us to be kind. So just think of like Ban, Ban, Van and Barbara and their kindness, just how that works. And it's like the Spirit in us. So sometimes we're looking at the fruits of the Spirit, aren't we? So the fruit of the Spirit, this is what, as a Christian, coming out of us, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So already in this series, we should be loved up. We should be full of joy, incredibly peaceful. Patience was last week. I'm just going to skip over that. I'm so glad we're on kindness now. I feel this is something I can get on board with. But the Holy Spirit, like, he changes us from the inside out, doesn't he? So that we can be different people and we can react like Jesus did. Steve's already shared this verse with us from Titus. And that verse, it just says that God in his generous, loving kindness sent Jesus to save us. And if, if that's you, if you are like, do you know what? Jesus, you are mine. The Holy Spirit is within you and he's nudging just like Barbara nudges and he's encouraging all these beautiful things. I asked, um, I asked Paul if he'd get us some pears this week and um, on the top of the bag of pears, these are specific pears, it's got three words. It says, ripen at home. Now, these pears were bought four days ago and they are pretty ripe now already, but... The point is, that's what it's like for us with the gifts that are in us. They're like little pips and they grow and they ripen as we exercise them. And the kinder we are, the more our kindness grows. The more kind things we do, the more it builds up inside us and we're ripening. And God is pleased with that. There's a lovely quote about what is kindness from Michael Timmis. And it says, kindness is love interacting. So are we like spurred on by love just to be kind to others? Is that the motivation? Since I've known I was going to be preaching on this today, I've thought, I've kind of kept a little log of kindness and someone sent me a text and it just said, thinking of you, thinking of you. And they put at the bottom, no need to reply. And no need to reply says, I don't want any more information about your situation. Just for you to know, I am thinking of you. And that meant a lot. Someone else sent a card. And it was just a, it's just a card. We don't do many notes, do we, these? And I opened it. And I was just really touched to receive it. I feel um, there's times when our kindness can perhaps be a bit manipulated. Um, and one of, my, one of my pet hates is people, you know, who have collecting tins and you're out in town or whatever and they just like shake it under your nose 
and they'll often stand somewhere where you just can't really get past. And it just does me head in. If I was on room 101, that would be going in my... It's not because I'm not kind. It's just because I don't like being manipulated. And this guy came up to me once, shaking the tin, and he said to me, do you want to help sick children? Well, and I just went, no. <laughs> now, obviously, I want to help sick children, but I didn't want to give to someone who I didn't believe the money was going to sick children. So just to redeem myself, this is so you don't think I'm really awful, um, I, I wanted to, like, in lockdown, I wanted to know how can I connect with people on my street, you know, when we were all in a difficult circumstance. And I decided to start baking and I made uh, cookies and I was able to give them out like to neighbours and it was just a way of saying, thinking of you. But one group who were on my hit list were the bin men because our bin men worked all through lockdown and our black bin stinks. It absolutely stinks. And I, even when it's been cleaned, it stinks. And I think they look after this, like every fortnight they come and they empty the bins. And I'm just like, I am appreciative of you bin men. So I started making cakes for them. And I'd go out and I'd just say, just, just to say thank you. And we've got a bit of a rapport going now, me and the bin man. So I say, here's your cakes. And the bin man says, thanks sweetheart, take care. Can you just say, thanks sweetheart, take care to the person next to you. But I, well, if you're here for the first time, don't do that because that would just be a really bad start. But it's just, it's just a little thing. Like, I did imagine that when I gave him the first box of cakes, he would just like fall on his knees and go, what must I do to be saved? But so far, all we're getting is, thanks sweetheart, take care. But I'm, build, I'm building on that. Um, so let's get on with some Bible. So the Bible thing for today that I wanted to share with you, it spans three generations. It's about a granddad, a dad, and a grandson. The granddad's name is Saul. He is king of Israel. He is the main man. He is calling all the shots. He has got all the privileges. His son is called Jonathan. And Jonathan is in line for kingdom next, if that's the word, inherit him. Jonathan has a son, this is the grandson, and this is where it all goes a bit wrong for me. I'll explain why. Because his name, like you've got Saul, Jonathan, Mephibosheth, it's not an easy name to say. Now, Paul and I went for our COVID jabs the other week, and obviously he is Paul Daniels. So this always gets a bit of a chuckle when you have to sign your name in somewhere after the comedian. But the nurse was like really chuffed because she'd already seen James Bond and she'd already seen Harry Potter. <laughs> so she was like, woo, now Paul Daniels is here. She was thrilled about that. Anyone probably under 25 will need to Google Paul Daniels, but just take it from me. But like Harry Potter, he was like in his 80s. So he was way before JK Rowling came in. But we've got these three. So we've got Saul, Jonathan, Mephibosheth. Jonathan had a friend called David. And David was just so close to Jonathan. They were like brothers. David is the David that we know of as in King, uh, King David who killed Goliath. 
And God's plan was that Jonathan would not be the next king, but that David would. That was the plan, and Jonathan was happy with that. He knew that that was what God's will was, but Saul was not happy with it, and Saul wanted David to be dead. He wanted him killed. He tried on numerous occasions to end his life. But what actually happened was there was a battle, and in this battle, Saul and Jonathan both died on the same day. And I want to pick up the story now about the first time we hear of Mephibosheth. And when we get this verse, he's just, he's even in brackets. It's just a little throwaway verse almost that tells us about him. But it says, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nurse picked him up and fled. But as she hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. His name was Mephibosheth. So we know from that verse, he was five. We know he had difficulty walking, whereas he could, he used to be able to walk. But we know that about him all these years later. So on that day, there was the battle, and then there was this time when the news came that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in the battle. And this nurse, she knew that Mephibosheth's life was in danger because the line of the king had to be taken out in order for David to reign. That was what usually happened. So she grabbed him. He's five years old. She grabs him and she runs. And as she's running, she drops him in a hurry to get out in all the chaos and madness of what's going on. And he hurts both his feet. And from that moment, he can't walk, you know, as he used to do before with that mobility. He lost his dad and his granddad on the same day. He went from running around easily to having difficulty walking. He experienced grief and trauma and pain, and he was five years old. This is pretty difficult. He moves from the king's palace to a place called Lodibar. And Lodibar has kind of got a, a name um, in that area of being the ghetto. He went from the palace to the pits. And that's where he, that's where he stayed, in that, in that situation for 20-ish years. And then something quite amazing happened. And this is where the kindness comes in. And this is where acting on kindness can so dramatically change a life. Because we'll read these verses together now. It says about David. So we're moving on 20 years. And it says from 2 Samuel 9, David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household called Ziba. They, named him, they called him to appear before David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? Your servant, he replied. The king asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there's still a son of Jonathan. He's lame in both his feet. You see that he's still getting that, he's still getting that tag, isn't he? 
Where is he? asked the king. And Ziba answered, he's at the house of Machir, son of Amiel in Lodibar. So King David had him brought from Lodibar, from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. This is where it's getting good. I will restore to you the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you would notice a dead dog like me? What a way to describe yourself, hey? That was what he thought of himself. Who am I that you'd notice me? And Mephibosheth, it goes on to say, lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table and he was lame in both his feet. So David just had this prompting. David had a nudge from Barbara and he went with it. He listened to that nudge and he went with it. He said, is there anyone that I can show kindness to? Is there anyone still alive that I can show kindness to? 20 years on-ish from this incident and the name of Mephibosheth came up and David said, I wanna restore to him what is rightly his. I want to get him from that place of Lodibar, from the ghetto, from the pits, and I want to bring him back to where he should be, where he should be, his rightful place in the palace. And he restored everything to him. And he ate at the king's table. That is just such a beautiful picture of what God has done for us. And I believe in our worship this morning together that we have dined at the table of the king. We've just, we've just sung with others in our congregation who love Jesus and we have dined at the table. We've sat in that place of intimacy, that place of hope, that place of special conversation and we've enjoyed a time together and that's forever. That's always. It's not going to be no going back on it. God is restoring. I wondered... For Mephibosheth, you know when he was taken at five to Lodibar, what did he do? What did he think of in those years? Like, was he angry? Was he bitter when he thought about what could have been? When he thought of all the trauma he's been through, all the grief, all he's had to endure? We've no idea where his emotions took him during that time, but he comes to a place and God restores it all back to him. David listened to that prompting from God and he restored a person, a life. And that's what God wants to use us to do amongst our neighbours, even amongst those in this room, amongst those online. He wants us by our kindness. And that kindness could be a smile. It can be a text. It can be a handshake. It can be a prayer for someone. It's not like always massive stuff. It's reaching out to somebody and just letting them know you are of worth, you are of value, you are so important. When, when I was like preparing for this, I felt drawn in a, certain, in a certain direction and I appreciate that what I'm going to say now, it's not for everybody in this room, but it may be for you, it may be just for you. And I think there's nothing that is in the Bible, no word that God 
has got in there by mistake or no details that he puts in. And it was that very first verse when we were introduced to Mephibosheth and it just said and he was five years old. And I wonder, the question is, what happened when you were five years old? Many of us will say, we don't, we don't have anything, but I, I feel that today there's someone here and that is a really strong question for them. What happened when you were five years old? Whatever it was, whatever that grief or that trauma was, your loving father wants to restore. He wants you to know you don't have to live in that, that ghetto with those feelings. He wants you to know there is a place of restoration, a place of welcome at the king's table for you. You may have been a Christian a number of years, but buried, buried deep within, there is this issue of when you were five years old. But God knows it. God has seen it. God is with you. Like David said to us before, God's there first. God was there with you. And he is here for you. I think one of the precious things of being in a connect group is that you've got people to pray with you. And maybe that resonates with you today and maybe you want to find your connect group leader and say can you just pray with me or a friend whoever it might be just to help you through that situation so as we finish how do we show kindness to help our community and our band are going to come up now it's as simple as a smile just as simple as a smile and warmth to people it's actively looking for ways to help. So it's seeing someone and thinking, how can I help them with that? How can, how can I do that? It's, it's being nudged by Barbara, as it were, and just feeling that Holy Spirit moment where God is saying to you, this is the thing to do. It's asking genuine questions and listening for the answer to it. So sometimes we can ask, but we don't always interact with people and like hear what they're saying back to us. It's about divine appointments. How Christian is that, eh? Divine appointments. That's one of those phrases that you hear bandied about. But I wonder if you started your day and you just said, God, who do you want me to bump into today? Who is the divine appointment for me? And see where that takes you through that day. It's putting our agenda on hold so that we can follow what God's got to say. And it's responding to people in the way that Jesus has responded to us. So just bless you today. Get alongside Van and share some of his chocolates. He'd love that because he's really kind. And we'll worship together now. Is that okay?